and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor, Jamie Miller. Well, praise the Lord. It's encouraging, and uh, I, I, I like that you... You just you go pray the TCU campus, and then one thing leads to another, and you're in a, you're in Thailand. Um, I know there was more to it than that. <laughs> That's awesome. And you know, I I just want to say too, I remember Brent and Julie, and there's a number of, of folks that were in that group together uh, way back at Abilene Christian. There's a number of them were at Abilene Christian together and had a dream about going to the nations. And I remember dreaming with you guys and just this, as we were beginning our, our training school and the bar was much higher back then. Now we want everybody to do the training school. Back then it was like the, the application thing was about that thick and it just, it was, it was real intense. Um, we've lightened up, <laughs> hopefully. Um, but you know, we wanna be like Antioch, like we read about in the Bible, you know, just that whole, that the way we say it, I'll say it slow here, but there's a big acronym that goes with it, but we want to be a multi-ethnic epicenter, like an epicenter, a center that just gives birth to other churches, a multi-ethnic epicenter, life-giving, multiplying, reproducing, Christ-manifesting, Father's love-receiving, Holy Spirit-empowered church. And uh, we want to do that. That's Milgamerkmuffler-Hessek, if anybody needs the acronym. <laughs> Thought I would explain it first so you didn't think I was, you know, speaking in tongues. Um, it's okay. You guys can laugh. It's all right. I just want to say to um, you guys, you're not here by accident. The Lord has brought us together for such a time as this. The Lord is moving here. And we want to be very uh, tender in our hearts about how he's moving and what he's doing and how we love each other and how we uh, take time to have a loving, life-giving connection with God so that we can have loving, life-giving connections with our brothers and sisters and with the city around us. And that's just a big deal. And it's a, man, it's a new day. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Psalm 45. And we're in part two of a short series that I'm calling Refresh, just as we're Coming back into this new semester here, last week we talked about the unity of the Spirit, and I would encourage you if you weren't here or you know haven't had a chance to listen, not because it's me, but just it took it's taken thirty years to write that message last week. It's taken thirty years of just trying to hammer this out and us walking this out in a way that is uh, life giving and fruitful, and so it's that's an overarching word for the movement, Antioch movement unity of the spirit, but it's particularly landed with us here in a powerful way. And these next two messages that I'm going to be doing are on Psalm 45 and Psalm 145. And back in the spring, our board of advisors, a couple guys came in and they had these words for us, Psalm 45 and Psalm 145. And we've just, as a staff and elders, we've been praying, just praying into that, okay, Lord, what is that? And so I thought, you know, I'm just going to preach on it today because I think it's a way of refreshing vision in our own hearts um, in, in a way maybe that you, you w wouldn't think about normally just going to Psalm 45, but it actually, there's a theme here that is unpacked in the whole Bible. It's really beautiful. And so there's a reminder, it's about a wedding, and it literally says, Psalm 45 literally says, 
a wedding song, you know, so it's about a wedding. How many of you guys have been to a great, fun, joy-filled wedding before? That, that's the main kind I go to. You know, I've, I suppose there's some sad ones, but may, mostly they're not sad. It's like, come on, you know, and you got some, bro, some groom standing up there just can't wait, you know, and um, we've, we've seen some great ones down through the, through the years, but they're not sad. They're exciting, and uh, joy bombs kind of is the way I think about it, and uh, even the way the guy, the writer starts off, Sons of Korah, my heart is stirred by a noble theme as I recite my verses for the king. So he like, I think he kind of knows it's good. What he's about to do is write this great wedding song. And before we read this, I just want to say a word too about how we read scripture. And so we're reading this, we're reading this through the lens of Jesus Christ, the resurrected and ascended Lord. We read through the lens of Jesus because he is the He's God's self-revelation of himself. Like, you don't get a better revelation than Jesus Christ. And we don't stand back and kind of make a decision about... Jesus is actually the truth. So when the resurrection happened, the disciples were all scattered, going in different directions, but he was, then he's raised from the dead, literally raised from the dead. And so now they're running back to the scriptures to understand what do these scriptures mean in the light of Jesus Christ, who is declared with power through the resurrection from the dead to be the true king and Lord of the world. What does this mean? Does that make sense? That's why we read through the lens of Jesus, because he is the image of the invisible God, the radiance of the glory of God. He is the revelation of God himself. To see Jesus is to see the Father, to see what God is really like. So that's, that's how we're reading this. Um, and they would have been, I think, running to this psalm here uh, because it's a messianic psalm. It is, it's about Jesus. It's about the king and his bride. It's about what we will say now is Christ and the church is the revelation here Paul certainly had Psalm 45 open when he was writing Ephesians. The writer of Hebrews certainly had uh, Psalm 45 open when he was writing, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. You know, that quote there at the beginning of Hebrews. So all of that's going on here. There is a theme that's unpacked in Psalm 45 that literally runs from Genesis 1 and 2. Maybe I should do it on this side for you guys. Genesis 1 and 2, all the way through the overarching story of the Bible and fulfilled in type, over there in Genesis 1 and 2, Adam and Eve, and fulfilled in spiritual fulfillment in Christ in the church for eternity. So that's what's going on. That's the story that we're going to be unpacking a bit here. And why is that important in a refresh series? It's because we all need to re-up on the excellence of Jesus Christ. And we all need to re-up on just who we are as his bride, I know that's, that's a strange metaphor for guys, but all of us together are the bride of Christ. And that's, that's who we are. And God wants us to, be re, uh, to re up on those things. And it's hard because we get distracted, disoriented, we lose our way, we lose our focus. Um, I, honestly, I, I've struggled with that even this morning. So I just, I've had a few things hit that I wasn't expecting. And, and it's just like, woo. Like, help me, Lord, you know, pray for me. And, but that's, that's just one morning. What about the rest of the week? What about, you know, earlier distractions? 
and we forget how we fit into God's plan. And I would even say sometimes the church itself in our, because we live in the West and we are so oriented to self, it's like, it's easy for us sometimes to just think that church is optional. It's like, well, God's like, oh, I got all these saved people now. What are we gonna do with them? You know, let's, let's stick them over here in this thing called the church. And what I wanna say is the church is not plan B or just a way to get Christians together. It was always God's plan for us to be corporate, a corporate people together. One body, we talked about it last week. We are one because of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. He's done it. He's taken down through the cross the dividing wall of hostility and he's made us to be one people in his body. So we're building on what we've talked about last week and refreshing to this, the, this idea here. And what I'm, the, the word I'm kind of thinking about is that we need new connections. We need new, new fresh connections with the Lord that allow us to experience and know his love, not just know facts about him, but to actually experience the love of God. And we need to have those fresh connections with other people where we have life-giving connections of love with other people. That's what the world is longing, that's what I'm longing for. Life-giving connections of love. And so we need fresh attachments. And what happens is our, our other connections take priority over the treasure that Jesus is and over the treasure that the church is to Jesus. It, like we are the riches of his glorious inheritance. Like all these people in here and all the churches that are meeting right now in the city, we are the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, in the saints. And so the way we kind of work this out in terms of churches, I'm gonna give you the three, the, the one, two, one, three, five. And the first one is this. This is who we are at Antioch. We're a people with a passion for Jesus and his purposes in the earth. The three piece is about discipleship. It's that what we do is make disciples who encounter God and who disciple others and who live on mission. And then the five piece is what, what and how we do it together in the church. And it looks like this. The five circles of church are me and, me and the Lord. I need a personal relationship with Jesus. But I also need to be in relationship with others. Twos and threes where we're doing discipleship. But I also need to be in a life group. That's house to house. When you see house to house in the New Testament, man, that's how we started. We want to be and do that kind of life-giving, reproducing church life that meets from house to house, just like we read about in the book of Acts. And then there's coming together. And there's, there's life here because we're meeting and knowing the Lord and meeting in discipleship and connecting in life groups. It's not just random people coming together. Like people know and love each other here. That's what you're stepping into, this electric atmosphere. And it's not just electric because it's loud, although it, I just, parentheses, when we sing worthy, you're worthy of it all, those kind of heaven songs, just, and it's loud. I just, it just, I, I keep seeing it's loud, it's loud, it's loud. Sometimes it's too loud, but it's loud in heaven. Okay, and, and I'll stop. And, and so then the church on mission, we, if we miss out on being on mission, we'll get stagnant and miss out on who we are as the people of God. Again, there's life because we're actually doing these circles and all of them matter. And in our minds, it's easy. It's easy for, it to say, for us to say, I can do without one of those circles, but we need them all. 
It's not just existentially me and my personal salvation and my personal journey to heaven. It's actually me with discipleship with others, living it out house to house, gathering corporately in the temple courts, and then being on mission to touch the nations. The people of God on the mission of God for the glory of God. So here's the main thing that I'm saying this morning. God is calling us to treasure and love King Jesus. Everybody in? To treasure and love King Jesus above all else and to be made ready as his people, as his bride together. So let's stand for the reading of Psalm 45. We like to stand around here for at least a portion of the the sermon, the reading part. And uh, when I finish, I'll say, this is the word of the Lord. And you can say, thanks be to God together. Lord, bless the reading of your word today. Open our eyes, hearts, and minds. My heart is stirred by a noble theme. You know what I've been doing? I'm going to pause here. (laughs) I've been asking the Lord, just like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, you know, can you imagine, like, just Jesus explain? And so I've been, this week, I've been going, Lord, just like on the road, explain this to me like you were explaining it to them, because that's what he did. So let's, Lord, open our eyes like that to see. My heart is stirred by a noble theme. As I recite my verses for the king, my tongue is the pen of a skillful writer. You are the most excellent of men, and your lips have been anointed with grace. Since God has blessed you forever, gird your sword on your side, you mighty one. Clothe yourself with splendor and majesty. In your majesty, ride forth victoriously. In the cause of truth, humility, and justice, let your right hand achieve awesome deeds. Let your sharp arrows pierce the hearts of the king's enemies. Let the nations fall beneath your feet. Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. All your robes are fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cassia. From palaces adorned with ivory, the music of the strings makes you glad. Come on. Daughters and kings are among your honored women, and at your right hand is the royal bride in gold of Ophir. Listen, daughter, and pay careful attention. Forget your people and your father's house. Let let the king be enthralled by your beauty. Honor him, for he is your Lord. The city of Tyre will come with a gift. People of wealth will seek your favor. All glorious is the princess within her chamber. Her gown is interwoven with gold. and embroidered garments, she is led to the king. Her virgin companions follow her. Those brought, to, those brought to be with her, led in with joy and gladness. They enter the palace of the king. Your sons will take the place of your fathers, and you will make princes, them princes throughout the land. And I will perpetuate your memory through all, through all generations. Therefore, the nations will praise you forever and ever. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Have a seat. Okay, this is a psalm about the glory of the king and his bride. That's what, this, that's what this is about, the glory of the king. So let's look first of all at the glorious king. And I'm just pulling points right from what we just looked at. Jesus, the glorious king, um, the resurrected Lord that this, 
the sons of Korah, whoever was writing that, was, they say maybe he was looking at Solomon, we don't know, but he was writing this obviously prophetically, right, about the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says, you are the most excellent of men. And uh, a lot of the, there's several translations that say, you're the, you're the most handsome of men, which is interesting because, you know, in Isaiah 53, Jesus is per- portrayed as not, the, there's nothing to make note about him. And yet, what you have with Jesus, though, the most excellent, it's like you've got the one, the creator word, who's speaking everything beautiful into place. There's, there's beauty about the Lord, even in ways that we cannot even fathom. You're the most excellent of men. Your lips have been anointed with grace. So again, I said the writer of Hebrews had this open before them for sure. You know, whoever wrote Hebrews, speculation about that. But in the past, this is Hebrews 1, verses 1, 2, and 3. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. Wow. Sustaining all things by his powerful word. And after he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. And so he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. So his lips are anointed with grace. He's the most, ex- he's the most excellent of men. His lips are anointed with grace. He spoke all of the created beauty into being. There is nothing created, nothing, John 1 says, there's nothing that exists that wasn't created because he spoke it into existence. And just, it makes it really clear, just to make sure that there's, is there some things? No, there's nothing that exists that wasn't spoken into existence by him. And he's blessed by God forever. There you go, uh, at that, that phrase there, you're the most excellent, you're anointed with grace, God has blessed you forever. And you're clothed in splendor and majesty. It's right that we would be worshiping the Lord like this, in this way, in this, in this kind of uh, exuberant way that we were worshiping this morning. You're clothed in splendor and majesty, and you're victorious. Now, who needs to hear that the king is victorious? You know, it says, you know, your enemies are gonna fall, and who are his enemies? It's not flesh and blood, right? Our enemies are not flesh and blood, but it is the principalities and the powers and these demonic forces that come against us and play against our sinful nature that get us in bad sinful cycles and loops. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Several of us. And um, I'm, I'm kidding. It's just, I, don't, I don't know who else knew. knew I'm sorry, I'm... Uh, just being, I mean, playful, but I need victory. I need the victory that Jesus Christ has won for us on the cross. Colossians 2 says that he triumphs over the enemy, making a spectacle of him, triumphing over him by his cross. And just the enemy couldn't see that coming. And then Jesus wins the victory, and we, oh Lord, help us to walk in the victory of what you've done as the glorious king. And not only that, not only are you victorious, you are both God and king. Your throne, oh God, will last forever and ever. And just keep putting the evers on there. That's, that's, who, God, that's who Jesus 
is for us, both God and King. And he's anointed with the oil of joy. And, you know, this is why we need to keep looking to Jesus in order to clarify our ideas and our understanding about God. You know, I can go running to God who's anointed with oil, the oil of joy. It just, it, it, it stirs my heart more to know that he loves me and he cares about, he loves you. He loves us and he cares about us. So, this psalm is about the king and his bride, the glorious king, but also it's about the glorious bride. That's the second piece here. And, and I think sometimes we would struggle, go, are we glorious? Like Jesus is glorious? But think, what does he say? He tells the father, father, I gave them the glory that you gave me. So in John 17, I gave them the glory that you gave me. Like he wants us knowing the same love, giving the same love, being, having that same glory. His glory is his love. His glory is his life. His glory is that shared love and life of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in this passage, it literally says, all glorious is the princess within her chamber. I mean, it's right that we would see ourselves as participants in his life and love and glory. And it's, it's something that we do not deserve. Looks like in this passage that he's, the king is marrying a foreigner. So that's not something that was supposed to happen necessarily, but it's a, an act of grace. And it's an act of grace for us to be brought into, to get in on what God is doing to make things right in the world. It's, what is grace? Grace is the movement of the triune God's love extending toward us. That's what grace is. That's his grace for us. Grace is that we would be brought in it, we would be brought into the king, that we would be beautiful to the king, that we would even be glorious to the king. All glorious is this princess within her chamber. And in his presence then is joy. They're let in with joy. In his presence is gladness. And we long for him. We long to be accepted by him, and to be known by him in our brokenness, in our longing for acceptance. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's, it's, it's it, any place that uh, kind of orphaned heart just touches us. There's that brokenness and we need what only he can give, the acceptance that he gives, the love that he gives. You know, what matters is what's happening even at the end of this psalm. And we're gonna be talking about this next week in Psalm 145, but... I will perpetuate your memory through all generations. Like this is a generational thing. We were meeting with some of the college leaders last night at uh, the Yamada's house. It's kind of strange saying that, Aiden and Brittany, but they're married, so they get, <laughs> it's their house. <laughs> but uh, but uh, we got to talking about generations, and that's gonna be, I think, our, that's our word for world mandate going into next year, but this generations word is important. Like, if you look around, uh, we had a visiting uh, pastor from one of our Antioch churches in Seattle a couple, few weeks ago, and he was just looking around. He turned around afterward, and he said, man, look at the generations. And you guys, don't take this for granted, just that there's all different kinds of generations here. Paul says at the end of you know, this big section of Ephesians 3, uh, <laughs> this, 
if you're visiting, this means this, I'm a guitarist, and so it just means it's, it's big, you know, like, wow, wow. And uh, it says, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. And we're gonna, next week, this is a little, little teaser here, but, but one generation will commend your works to another. And that's not just all the old people in the room telling the young people what to do. Like we actually, there's, there's the, the, the wonders of God, one, the works of God are declared, it, it flows both ways and all around, younger declaring to the older, older declaring to the younger, and we need each other. Man, we, we, we need the fullness of all that God's doing here in this generational move in this time right now. If you roll the clock forward, from Psalm 45 into the New Testament, John the Baptist steps onto the scene and he goes, he's the one, it's not me, he's the one. He's the bridegroom, I must become less, he must become greater. Jesus steps onto the scene, does his first miracle, where? At a wedding, Cana of Galilee, and it is extravagant, right? It's an extravagant expression of God's creative power. It's really kind of stands alone as, as, as miracles, he's not just making something wrong right, he's creating from water, wine. And um, I know there's speculation about, is it just grape juice? No, it's, <laughs> it's wine, man. <laughs> like 900 bottles of wine is what those six jars would hold. So it's just, it's this extravagant expression of joy, bringing joy into this uh, wedding time. And you know, when I think about a husband and a wife, like there, uh, there is a, um, peace, Lord, help her. Um, there's, there's, there's something about the king and his bride. There's something about Christ in the church. There's something about a husband and wife that it just, God's given us this picture because we can't understand the depth of his love for us. And so he's given us the, these pictures, like, so we're, we've 37 wonderful years of marriage. Now, I'm just, I'm saying, you can't, you can't describe in words what it's like to be married for 37 years. You, you, you can't put that into words. And so God's given us this type, this picture, a shadow of a heavenly reality. So take the the coolest, most wonderful, love-filled, joy-filled, self-giving, others-honoring marriage ever. Somebody married 70 years, or Kim was telling me about Jimmy Carter being in Rosalind. They've been married like 70-something years. Like, that, that's, that's mind-blowing. You know, we're halfway, she goes, we're halfway there, come on. <laughs> okay, a little vision talk from my wife. But the point is, let's say you've been married 10 years, and you're gonna go, like, you're gonna tell your dating self, way back here in time, you're gonna tell your dating self what it's like to be married for 10 years. It, it, you can't. You can't put it into words. It has to be experienced. And so God's given us husbands and wives, marriage, it's just, it's not the only metaphor, but it is a, it is a way of us understanding what his love for his people is really like. Laying down our lives. And so, and I just want to say this for everybody that's married uh, in the room, like, here's vision right now. I always do this at weddings, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. 
Like, I came home, it's been 30 years or something now, and I was getting this revelation about Christ in the church, and I told Kim, I said, hang on, it's going to get better and better until the day we die, because we're a picture of this heavenly reality that will be forever getting more intense and more deep and more full and rich in our understanding of it. And so she goes, wow, you're being kind of deep, you know? And I was like, no, I mean like everything. It's just awesome, you know? And, and what a powerful picture God has given us. And he says straight up, Paul probably has this Psalm open, but in Ephesians 5.32, he says, I'm, it's, I'm talking about husbands and wives, but I'm actually talking about a profound mystery that is Christ in the church. It's this, this thing that we're talking about here. And if you roll the clock even forward, even further, go to Revelation chapter 19, and what's, what's coming is a wedding feast. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, and the roar of rushing waters like loud peals of thunder, shouting, <laughs> come on, hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. And there in Revelation 21, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. This is where things are going. For the, first, uh, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling is now among his people and he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and will be their God and he will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, behold, I am making everything new. And he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. It is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And to the thirsty, I will give this water without cost from the spring of the water of eternal life. Amen. And then to finish off the last words from us in Scripture, the Spirit, 22 verse 17, the Spirit and the Bride, that's us. The spirit and the bride say, come, Lord, come. And let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty, come. And let the one who wishes to take the free gift of the water of life, come. Isn't that powerful? So just a picture there of who we are as the bride. And this view of, the, of God, this view of the glorious king who is a bridegroom, and this view of us, a glorious bride, it's why we need to look to Jesus over and over and over, keeping our eyes on Jesus and moving beyond stereotypes about God. Uh, we need the revelation of God's own identity and God's own self-revealing of who he is. And part of, the, part of the reason that's so important is we struggle sometimes believing that God loves us, that he accepts us in Christ, that he cares about us. And so we have to keep looking to Jesus because what are some wonky ideas I get in my head? God's 
an old grandfather who's kind of disconnected. God is angry and he's just waiting to throw something at me because I've messed up. God's relating to me because I'm performing and doing things right in this season, or he's not relating to me because I've been doing things wrong in this time. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so we, we have to keep looking to Jesus in order to get a right view of God because God's not a contract God. God, God will not be conditioned to love you. So it's a covenant of love. He's not a contract God. You do this and then I'm gonna love you. We have contracts in our, with lawyers who help us navigate contracts, right? But God comes and says, I love you. And even though you're an enemy in your mind to me right now, I'm gonna show that I love you. And even though you're dead in transgressions and sins, I'm coming with grace through Jesus Christ to love you, to love you. And I'm sending my spirit to you to make all of this clear and known. And it's a journey, it really is. It's, I, I still blow it, I can't believe I did that, and yet, and yet God loves me. You know, I, I, I'm forced, we are all forced into an identity of humility. Like nobody's, nobody's got something to just stand up and say we're better than other people or, you know, we've got it together more than some other church or something. We, we need to go low. What we've received, we've received in grace from Jesus, not from being the most right. Lord, help us. Lord, catch it. There's, there's so much accusation in that kind of thinking and just it puts other people down, kind of builds us up. I get identity from, I, I, I'm, I understand better than somebody else. And I'm saying in love, what we need is Jesus. We really need Jesus, who is the Lord. And I wanna think clearly, I wanna think as rightly as I can, but my faith isn't in my own getting my theology right. My faith is in Jesus who is the Savior, and who is the Lord. Lord, we honor you here in this place, right now in this moment. And it just brings us back to faith. Lord, we're trusting you. I wanna live out of the circle that you've brought me into by including me in your life. And my my little faith, I wanna touch the, the infinite sea of your faithfulness and your goodness and your love. And that's how we want to, and that brings us into hope. And his hope doesn't disappoint us because he shed his love into our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so there's hope there. And then there's love that starts stirring up in my heart for him, but also for you and for others. And it's important that we see that one of God's primary ways that he wants us understanding who he is, a bridegroom, and who we are, a bride, guys, girls, everybody, is that we are lovers, that we're to receive his love. We are, uh, his banner over us is what? It's love. His banner over us is this big giant banner and it's love over us. Um, we've got a, there's a new song in the, some of the Antioch circles. It's called Love Sick People. I put the link in the notes for you, we're a lovesick people. We're a lovesick bride. That's, that's who we are. And I wanna just encourage you guys, take time in prayer, in the me and Jesus part, 
Take time in prayer to connect with God and to receive his love. I talked about it last week. Here I am talking about it again. It's the most important thing you need almost pretty much every day is to receive and know the love of God. I'm sitting here looking at Yancey. Yancey helped me, discipled me in, in receiving the Father's love. It's just so important. And I, I think for most of us, it's gonna take more stillness, setting the phone down, being still, being quiet. I wanna encourage you to just do this exercise this week. You can do it this afternoon, do it tomorrow morning, do it in your quiet time. Imagine some place that you would like to meet with the Lord. Years ago, two, 20 years ago, I, the Lord, I really felt like the Lord said, I'll meet with you anywhere. And I just started imagining all these different places. So for all these years, I've been meeting with the Lord in different places, just in stillness. And, you know, one of those first places, I remember it was like a, a beach in the Caribbean. We'd gone on a vacation, and, and it just was sitting. The Lord was just kind of beside me. It wasn't like I was really even seeing his face, but I was just sitting there with the Lord, kind of watching the sun come up. And it was beautiful, and it was peaceful. But the Lord, I, I, that happened again this week, just in a fresh way. I'll meet with you anywhere. I was like, okay. And I thought of Bailey, Colorado. It was back in, I did a sabbatical in uh, 2015. And one of the places I went to was Bailey. And it was in a house there. And, uh, and I just, I remember thinking, oh, I need some mountaintop experience to happen. You know, while it's, because everybody's going to go, wait, did anything big happen? Did you get like light, lightning bolt or, you know, some kind of revelation? And I actually did. I took this picture um, I was videoing, there was some lightning off in the distance, and I put the, the, the phone up on the, and, and I mean 50 feet from here to the, the door, a lightning bolt hits that tree. Boom. And by God's grace, I didn't cuss. I... <laughs> it was certainly in the range of possibilities. It, it freaked me out, you know. Not, nothing real bad, just like a Christian-y kind of cuss, cuss word. But, uh, but, you know, the cool thing about this was I didn't even know how to process it fully back then, and I was writing this stuff, light, and looked up all the lightning verses and, you know, cedars of Lebanon and er, just everything I could think of trying to get the download. And, um, but I did, I do remember going, okay, you know, checked off the, had the crazy cool experience happen up on the mountain. But I remembered that this week. Like, Lord, I'll meet, with, you just, I'll meet with you anywhere. And so I said, okay, Lord, the, that balcony at Bailey, Colorado. And, and I was just like, okay, what I do? Do, do I do something? Do you do? And he just stepped over to me. And I've never had, this is a new experience with the Lord. And I just, and he was just hugging me. And, you know, I, I, I think I really needed I needed a hug from, from the Lord. And some of you guys are like, wow, this is really different. But we need real experiences with the Lord. Like, it's not just head knowledge. We need real, and the church has been doing this down through all the centuries. Different, different streams and things but where we have a real encounter with the Lord. And I encourage you, go, where do you want to meet with the Lord? Some cool spot, maybe you've been there, some, maybe you haven't. It's just saw a picture of it and just, just meet with him. And then, and then well, how do you respond and how does he respond? And just, yeah, like could be just sitting there. That's the way it's been for lots of times. 
But this hug thing has been wonderful this week. I feel like he's hugging me and he's renewing my mind and renewing my heart in that hug, just restoring life and vitality in that. And that's certainly not an unrealistic picture of the king who's the bridegroom, and I'm a part of the bride to get a hug of love from Jesus. So huge. Um, and I'll just I'll, I'll finish with this. So let me go back to the five circles again. If you think about this, so me and the Lord, discipleship, house to house, the church gathered, and then us being on mission. And I'm always thinking about this Sunday, uh, just because everybody's kind of getting back, you know, and teachers are going back to school, students are stepping back into classrooms, you know, and uh, we're getting into our jobs and all the different vocational things, healthcare, public service, just all these different things. And I just wanna say, may the Lord bless you as you go. Like we're, we're going somewhere. No matter what the thing is you do vocationally or in your neighborhood, may the Lord bless you as you go. May you literally walk out this kingdom life in a way that expresses and lives out before other people with divine encounters, people that you just, uh, Kim was talking with somebody last night at the college thing and uh, somebody was led to, I think it was Greta, was led to go to a grocery store that, that she never goes to, and then she was in one line and got into another line, and then talked with this lady, and she maybe, you don't have to raise your hand, she may be here today, but, but uh, invited her, they ended up talking about church, invited her to church. But may the Lord do 500 divine appointments and more as we're going out uh, and into the world and, and doing what we do and that we would be doing this as the glorious bride who is the bride of the glorious king and that we are loved. Yeah, we're loved. Can anything separate us from that love? Even if you blow it? Nothing. His grace is being poured out to us. He's done it. Our identity is in him and he has done it. It's grace, it's grace, it's grace. And we're so thankful, Lord. You guys stand up. And if you're new or visiting, we do this at the end of every service. The band's gonna come up. We're gonna sing a song. Um, there'll be people here at the front. We call this ministry time. And I just wanna give you an opportunity. There's just something about responding in the moment, okay? So we're talking about God's love for us, the glorious king, the glorious bride. And... For you, I, just there's several different ways to respond. If you don't know the Lord, you can start that journey today. Pray with somebody you came with or come down here to the front, and, but let somebody know, I wanna follow Jesus. Man, it's the best life. It is the best life. And if there's a stirring in your heart about something that I've said, like, hey, I want more of that, then come and get prayer. Or if there's a challenge in your heart, like, uh, I feel like there's a block here to receiving his love, to knowing his love in this way, then come and get prayer. Or maybe you've been, you know, if we're just being honest, in this cultural moment of isolation, you've felt isolated. And that's why the Lord brings us together as his people. And as awesome as technology is and being able to listen to podcasts and streams and all that, there is no substitute for a hug and a touch and just 
face-to-face, life-on-life discipleship and interaction and community. Um, yeah, and if that's for you, just step in. And again, if you have any other prayer need, man, let's just press in right now. Get somebody to pray for you. The Lord answers prayer. Father, would you move in this time? Bring salvation, bring healing, bring connection in life-giving ways to the church right here, your bride, your bride in the city. Lead us, Lord, into all that you have for us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You guys come, get prayer. Let's press into the Lord. We love you, Jesus.